gentlemen, if you're looking for a company that's all about helping men like you achieve optimal health, wellness, and vitality, you should check out The Gentleman Company. They offer a wide range of natural supplements and wellness products to help men like you feel and perform your best every single day. So for more information, visit www.gentlemen.co. That's gentlemen without the A. You can thank me later. You're listening to Date Smarter, Sexier with your host, matchmaker and dating coach, Andrea LaRosa, accompanied by co-host Kanan, where we're talking about everything love, sex, and relationships. Now let's get chatting. Cool, cool, cool. Welcome back, listeners. I am so excited about today's show because today is all about the Tinder nightmares. Before we even dive into our Tinder nightmares, which I'm sure everyone has some type of Tinder horror story to share, um, I want to share a not-so-horror story, but it's still dating app-related because for our listeners, Kanan and I have been doing a lot of research for this episode, so that way we could have some really cool like stories to share and maybe some answers, some solutions. But, you know, not so long ago, we talked about my own dating life on the show, and I figured, you know what, I'm going to keep sharing like Andrea is doing in her own dating life, because it's only fair if I'm asking you guys to share with us what you're doing in your dating life, I'm going to share what I'm doing in mine. Something that occurred to me, I went on a date, I broke all my own rules. Oh, oh. Can't wait to hear this. <laughs> well, not all, all but one. But okay. something that I've noticed, like, you know, I always say no dates at night. Um, I did a nighttime date, uh, no dinner dates. We ended up doing dinner. Uh, I, it's not that they're rules, right? These are supposed to be like guidelines, suggestions of like safe ways to be dating. Mm-hmm. Um But something that I may have said in the past, and I kind of want to stand corrected and backtrack my own comments. I think at one point I might have said like no first kisses on the first date. Mm -hmm. Um, And someone had called me out on it before. I didn't, don't sleep with them on the first date. That's my hard and fast rule. Kissing on the first date, like it's fine. Just get, get consent, right? And here's part of the reason why I actually think that if you are kind of vibing, a kiss on the first date, it might might be important because it leaves you wanting more of them, more time. That's chemistry, right? When you're thinking about them when they're not around. So mm-hmm. something that I was recently reminded of that, yes, a kiss on a first date might actually be beneficial if you're not going to see them so. for a few days. Just so that you're thinking about them. Yeah, I would think so. I think especially on one of my our first dates before we were like full on boyfriends, I guess. Um, the 
petting part was always my favorite, like the kissing and making out because it makes you, just like you said, it makes you think about them when they're not around. Now you can think about, us, oh, they're such a great kisser. I want to learn more about them. I want to spend more time with them. I want to get to know them. And I would think that if you kiss on a first date, that would kind of mean that you might be getting a second date, whether it's a kiss on the cheek, a slow kiss on the cheek, or a nice tender kiss on the lips. Nothing like a French. If you're French kissing on the first date, that's that, that might be a bit much. But like a nice long Wait. kiss on the lips. What? <laughs> I mean, I can't judge. I cannot judge because I've done worse on first dates, not including full on penetration or anything like that. But, you know, definitely, you know, peekaboo, whatever. It's gone. Have you slept with someone on a first date? Um, yeah. Oh, okay. I just wanted to clarify because it almost sounded like you were saying you haven't. No, 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 no. I've yeah, I've I've made my rounds. I I've done the legwork. That being said, that being said, yeah, I agree. Kissing makes you think about them because that's the one thing that's kind of intimate. And if you allow the person to, you know, come that close to you it's really romantic i remember one time i was on a date and the guy was nice and all we like um we met at penn station in newark new jersey we went to new york went to dinner i think it was um bbq's kind of where everybody goes on a date you know back then in new york city um and we walked around for a bit and then we came home and then when we got to the train station to part ways we kissed and let me tell you (laughs) his mouth tasted like dog shit and let me tell you i never wanted to see him ever again in my fucking life granted i have my days where yeah my breath isn't the best you know morning breath whatever etc etc but if you're on a first date and there might be a chance of you kissing i think that maybe you maybe he was a smoker i don't know but that's why it's so intimate. So if you kiss someone, there's a chance that their mouth may taste like a landfill or there's a chance that their oh. mouth may taste like love and passion. And you're just like, Ooh, I can't wait to do that again. My husband and my now husband and I, we used to make out for like 20 minutes every night in my Jeep when I would drop them off. Like every, like we were in like one oh. of those, um, 80s movies we just sit in a car just making out like aggressively and then he would like go high in his... school students exactly it was so cute so yeah yeah so back to you and your date that Did actually you... i'm always worried that my breath is like funky especially if they're kissing me after we just ate dinner and well, like there was don't like you garlic. make sure you order things that are not like you know, because if I were on a date, I would probably order like a food that I know is not going to leave like a weird taste on my mouth. Like, what kind of food so, yes. is that? I don't know. To be fair, I usually try to do that. Like I tell them to hold the onion, things like that. But like we went wine tasting at this mm-hmm. little wine bar and they happen to have food and we both were hungry. So it was a very limited option as far as the food. Uh, that we ordered and afterwards i realized one of the dishes that came was super garlicky and i was like oh shoot <laughs> wait, but did and you both I, eat it yes well and that kind of yeah. cancels it out yeah he didn't complain and he wants a second date so i guess it can't be that bad 
Ooh, I mean, ooh. So is that the rule that you broke kissing him on the first date? Did you kiss him at the garlic breath? I kissed him on the first date. I let him drive me home, something I don't normally do. We wow, had, where I was guess, your car? At home. I walked to this place. It was walking distance downtown. Oh. So I let him drive me home. I got in his car with him. Uh, we did dinner on the first date. We had a date that lasted more than three hours. Like all the things I keep talking about, I broke. But I mean, you know the rules and they say if you're going to break the rules, mm-hmm. you at least need to know them before you break them. And if you're breaking them, there's a good reason why. And I'm guessing you kind of sort of had a connection with this. What did you mean? We met off of Bumble. Oh, another possible. Nightmare. Possible. No, I would say <laughs> um, dream, you know. You know, the whole thing around dating apps and we call them Tinder nightmares because there's so many uh, people who've talked about Tinder being such a freaking nightmare and not knowing if the person you are getting, um, if you're matching with is going to be someone that's even real or if they're going to be someone who's going to ask you for money later on down the road, like two days in. Um, and so that's something that we're going to really talk about today, our Tinder nightmares. But, you know, I, I, we bring up my own personal dating adventures simply for the fact that um, I've had my fair share of like online dating nightmares, but also, you know, I've had success as well. And it's just funny because we talk about these guidelines we keep calling them rules and i probably should stop calling them rules because it's really unfair to use that word it's too harsh in my opinion they're really just guidelines they are guidelines to keep you safe too so yes if you are on a date with someone i have a hard and fast rule usually where i don't get into someone's car with them because i don't know them they could be a murderer or rapist who the freak knows so like i don't usually do that but i broke my own rule and i'm not saying that like it was well worth it or whatever because you just never know but i got a good vibe off of them could i have been wrong i could have been wrong um luckily i wasn't going very far but yeah so i just want to make sure that that's super clear that everyone understands that you know if you're going to break your own guidelines you know have something in place something set for yourself of like these are these are things i do and don't your standards ultimately set your standards of what your expectations are for first date. You know, if it's a hard and fast rule of like no kissing on a first date, that's fine. And whoever you're on a date with should absolutely respect that. And if they don't, they're not for you. Right. Um, I have a hard and fast rule that I don't break and I don't have sex on a first date. I have a multiple reasons why you shouldn't, especially for heterosexual relationships, Uh, men and women bond at different times so having sex on a first date usually doesn't end up well but again all of these guidelines or rules or whatever you want to call them 
they don't apply to everyone. There's always the exception to the rule. I have a really close friend who um, slept with her boyfriend on a second date and now they're living happily ever after. So again, they're just guidelines. They're not necessarily hard and fast rules, even though I, I might call them rules. Um, yay, Kanan is back and I'm going to let him back in. And it was super awesome chatting with you guys on my own. <laughs> so yeah, let's, let's dive into today's conversation, which is all about Tinder nightmares because we've all had them. <laughs> I mean, I, I, when I first started to date, I came out during a time that was, uh, there's a website called Adam for Adam. When I first, first started to date, this is probably going to age me a little. I used um, AOL chat rooms. I don't know if anyone remembers AOL chat rooms, but you would go in, oh you know, you couldn't see anyone's picture. So someone sent a message to you saying ASL, you know, age, sex, location, and you proceed from there if you were interested. But, uh, but now things have really progressed for people when it comes to dating. You know, people are swiping left, swiping right. People are sending dick pics. People are sending explicit mm -hmm. videos to each other. So it's interesting how the dating world has progressed for people, to say the least. That is so true. And you like, when you think about like Tinder and how Tinder has gotten such a terrible reputation to be like mm -hmm. the hookup app now, or mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of fake accounts on there. There's mm -hmm. women who ask for money right away and mm -hmm. like, I only go on a date with you if you Venmo me kind of thing. And I've mm -hmm. heard, I've heard clients talk about this. I've heard mm -hmm. friends talk about this. So it's just like, there's some fucking nightmares for sure. There I is. Swear on Instagram Live. I think so because it's not really monitored. <laughs> other than our viewers, you know, listening in or watching this time because this is so cool how we're doing this. Last year we had a Halloween special. We talked about, you know, the it was more of like all of the holiday season, like Thanksgiving, Christmas, everything together, like the ins and outs, mm -hmm. what we should and should not do. So it's kind of cool that we're recording this year's episode, just talking about the nightmares that are out there because it's, yeah. you know, I want to open up my computer again. I hope that my AirPods don't reconnect to my computer because I had some really funny, like, I noticed with guys a lot of times, and I don't know if you deal with this, because I know as a gay man, I deal with this a lot. Um, right. <laughs> when I was single, whatever, um, when people would send, you know, messages like, hey, do you want to suck my dick? Let's get together. I mean, that's not really an invitation for a date, but... Not really. From what I'm seeing on this, on these, like, Tinder nightmare, because there's so many Tinder nightmare websites out there where you can just look at what people are, are, are going through. Like, this one person... Oh my God, it was insane. He said something. Oh my God, wait, give me a second. It was it was wildly inappropriate. Um, oh, I got a bunch if, of them. If your vagina had a theme song, what would it be? And then her response was, I don't fuck with you. It's like, why would you ask that? <laughs> like right off the bat, like, why would you say that? Like, <laughs> oh my God, that is awesome. Yeah, no, I mean... I okay, so I got this one, which was super 
Uh, I can't even. Okay. <laughs> the guy messages her and says, nice fucking titties. I mean, great looking breasts. When I'm dead, that's where I want to be buried. LOL. Don't mean to offend you in any way, so please don't. Please take it as a compliment. Boobs just get me really excited. And obviously her reaction was like one of those like gifs of that kid who's like, uh, what? <laughs> what? Guys, why would you open up a conversation like this? You have, he has to be drunk or high or just, just straight up stupid. Maybe, maybe he thinks it's an icebreaker. Maybe he thinks, oh, this is going to get me, you know. To be fair, not even to be fair. We talked on one of our earlier episodes about my own personal dating life. And I talked about this guy that I went on a couple dates with. He -hmm. did that to me. I think it was like date two. He commented because there's a picture of me on my dating app profile where I'm wearing something that's a little bit low cut, not super low cut, but there's a necklace that happens to fall right in between my cleavage. Uh And he kept commenting about the necklace and how he couldn't stop staring at the necklace. And like, I was just like, okay, do you like the necklace or are you staring at something else? And he's like, yeah, I got to admit, I'm kind of a boobs guy. I'm like, ew, why would you say that? Do you think I'm going to show them to you? (laughs) Yes. In his defense, yes. He does expect your next message to be, here, here's a picture of them with no censorship. Jerk off to them. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I would love to know if women actually, I mean, I know there's women that do that, that like play along to that degree. And maybe Mm. that's what he's hoping to find, but. You're also taking the chance that if you are truly looking for a relationship, you could be missing out on a really great relationship because now you are acting like a scummy douchebag. Yeah. But I think that's where I feel like a lot of men sometimes think that's how you're supposed to be. Because when you look at most pop culture and even like sports culture or uh, just regular culture within your neighborhood, it seems like it's appreciated when a man really shows his masculinity. And that's usually shown in ways that, that are very, um, how do I say Toxic. I guess. I mean, you could say it's toxic, but you know, that's- It's toxic masculinity. Yeah. And unfortunately for a very long time, I think, um, I do know women and men that are turned on by that. They like it when a guy is rude to people in their defense. They like it when, you know, something happens in public and he like flies off his twig and he starts beating people up. They think that that's sex. They feel like they're being like, you know, their protector. Some people like that shit. So that's true. That's true. That being said, I think, you know, a lot of guys saying, this is how I get a girl. I need to be more masculine. I need to be an alpha. I need to really, you know, stand out in a room. I need to have money. I need to be powerful. And if I don't have all of these things, I'm not going to get a woman. Totally overlooking the fact that, you know, you just want a connection. So I think, you know, a lot of men, gay and straight, we just peacock i guess we just use what's mm-hmm. the most basic things that we can and if it's the size of our dick if it's <laughs> our appetite for sex if it's our bank account we're using it to like maybe attract the lover 
I don't know. Because okay, well, let me ask messages, you this. Go, go ahead. When because let's go back to like things you shouldn't shouldn't say on Tinder, right? How right. do you feel about like when there's oversharing? What's oversharing though? Well, before you, I get into that. I will say you really shouldn't talk too much. You should get off of there. I know some people find it creepy when um, guys want to meet right away. But I mean, if you meet right away, you can kind of like say, okay, this guy is either good or bad. Let's move on. Let's stay, whatever. But that being said, what is too much information right off the bat? Well, like, you know, there's the level of overshare. So I found one. I like scoured reddit for these because if you want some horror stories and you want to feel appreciated in your current relationship go Mm -hmm. on reddit and read all of these tinder posts that people put up because Mm -hmm. wow it makes you appreciative for like the little mishaps that might happen versus like Mm -hmm. some of these like this guy went on and on and on i'm talking about like three or four really really long posts about um talking about how he's torn between who he is and who he wants to be and how he's lonely and today's the 20-year anniversary of when he got stabbed in his right ear don't even understand what that means how he's lost half of his hearing and there's permanent consequences and he just keeps going on and on and on on tinder he needs therapy towards a therapist that's an overshare you know what? I got lost in everything that you were saying. I thought this was like his post on Reddit. I'm like, oh, that makes sense for Reddit. But now that you're telling me that I'm rechecked into the conversation that this is what he posts to someone <laughs> in a message on Tinder. Yes, this was on Tinder. The person who received it put it up on Reddit to talk about like the nightmare that was a lot. of dating. That it, was a lot. it goes on and on and on. It, it's not even lie. done. That like, is a lot. You should not know. Okay, so I personally think the, the conversation should go something like this. Hi, hello. I mean, that's kind of formal, but, you know, I'm pretty sure you people out there, not you people, but you young dating people having fun out there say they're much slicker than that. <laughs> you single anyway, people? Did you just you, do the you single people? <laughs> you single people. Because I, I don't know. Like, if I were to become single tomorrow, I would let, I would definitely be that person that's like probably using old lingo because I haven't been single in a while. It's been almost seven years. Anyway, so I would imagine the conversation goes like, hi, hello, what's your name? Oh, my name is blah, 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 blah. I mean, do you ask your name right away? I think you should. I mean. No, your name is on there. This is a dating app. See, see, I'm already old. Um, Okay, so. (laughs) So you're on there. You say, hi, hello. Um... What brings you on today? Oh, well, I'm looking, you know, maybe to get to know someone because you kind of, some people are on there looking for sex. Others are looking for dates. You never know. So, okay, what are you on here for? Oh, well, maybe meet someone and go out for coffee. Great, me too. Let's meet up for coffee real quick. You know, I have errands later today that I really can't, you know, break away from, but I definitely would love to meet up for coffee for at least 15 minutes. And since we're both on this app, I'm sure we both have at least 15 minutes of time. You meet up. And you're like, okay, is he cute? Is he not cute? You make your decision, you move on with your life. But it seems like 
people want to over because I guess people are afraid of you know a a Jeffrey Dahmer type situation or afraid of getting raped or afraid of you know ending up you know on the black market or some shit like that. You need as much information as possible before you meet someone. I get it. But you also need to take a little <laughs> bit of, I mean, you also need to take a little bit of a risk. I mean, there are definite red, what do you think are some red flags? So wait, let's back okay. up. You can't have that conversation because by the time somebody responds to you on Tinder, it's like two days later. Oh. Right. So it would be awesome if you had a dating app that was like, Actually, there is one. I think the league does this where there's like certain times you log in so that everyone's kind of pooled together so that way you're actually having conversation, which makes more sense, which would be brilliant, really. Um, Because if it's anything like Facebook Messenger or Instagram DMs where you match to someone and then they respond like a day later, you're like, oh, what you're like i I totally forgot about this conversation right Right. and you're like who are you wait what were we we talking about something but like the coffee date your idea for the micro coffee date does work i've done them before i've done like a 30 minute micro coffee date and i like it it's nice Mm -hmm. because you kind of get to see like do i even want to spend any time trying to get to know this person right yeah And it allows you to get away from the, you know, let's plan out the two hour long dates or, you know, let's talk on the app until we're both blue in the face and ready to keel over. Not for nothing. I have to be honest. Um, When I was talking to my now husband on our dating app, Scruff, it was maybe a month or two where we would kind of message each other back and forth because he worked in the city. I worked nights and some weekends. So our schedules are kind of sort of off. But then one day, um, cause I would travel for the, the place that I had worked at at the time. Like, and that day I happened to be in New York city and he works in New York city. And I happened to be on the app at the same time. I was probably cruising, looking for someone to have said, who knows? Anyway. So he was on the app too. We're there. He said, hey, you want to meet up? I'm like, sure. So I get off work at around like five or six o'clock. I go up to Midtown a little. He worked in some high-rise building. Um, I meet in front of some sushi restaurant called Nori or Naki, some shit like that. Uh, he comes out the building, walks across the street. We had a four-hour date. And then Aww. the rest is history. So, I mean, I guess if you're spending two months just talking, you know, casually, like, hey how was your day it was great cool and it kind of fades away and then the next conversation oh what you know and then at least but there has to be a definite moment where you're like let's meet up not like knee deep in information because that's not going to help well that's the problem because you're constantly and i know we're kind of going down the rabbit hole of like the details of it but part of the problem is that you're doing this exchange, 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 exchange on a dating app, you can't hear tone. You don't Mm -hmm. know what their tone sounds like. And you're creating this fake persona for someone else. So when you do actually meet them, you're probably going to be slightly disappointed because they're not who you were expecting because you created it in your head. Yeah. Because you haven't had an actual conversation with this person. You've just been messaging through an app. 
and assuming and what they're meaning. And over. Right. Yeah. And that's usually and where the problems lead. Because you make all these assumptions. Like here's yes. a fun one. I mean, since we're reading some of these 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 uh Tinder nightmare messages, this I'm assuming this guy is probably smart, probably on the nerdier side. No diss to nerds or anything like that. It's just, you know, whatever. Um, do you like Pokemon? And then she's like, Oh yeah, I do. And then his next message is a oh, wild no. a wild Dikachu appears. Like a what? A wild Dikachu appears. What's wrong like, with people? Like, would you like, like to get a message like that? A wild Dikachu. You look like you could suck a good D. Wow. Go right there for it, huh? Um, what are some of the wild ones that you've seen? Hey, what's your relationship with your dad like? It's really improved since he died. Oh my God, that's terrible. That's annoying. Yeah, that's very sad. So here's one for you to like get away from the stereotypical, like disgusting conversations that people get into on Tinder. And I I want, because I don't want to keep just hounding the men on these apps. I want to do a flip and point out some of the issues that men are running into with women so if you're the good guy who's not sending dick pics you know on tinder and you actually are looking for a partner here's one that i saw that really caught my attention right he messages her and says hey lo like she spelled lo just came across your profile wanted to say hi so hi may i ask what lo is short for she responds with hi there and no you may not is that pertinent at all and then he goes on to explain that well yeah i was just a friendly opener and i was hoping if he actually i'll just read what he wrote because it's actually pretty good he says yep one was an opener to a friendly conversation two helped determine immediately if you are worth my time you're not worth my time feel free to unmatch after you read this wow and i have to commend him I would too. You don't have to be such a bitch. Is it real? I mean, he was just making conversation. It's easy to just simply say like, you know, I use a nickname just for safety purposes. So maybe after we get to know each other a little bit more, I'll tell you what my full name is or something like that. But don't be such a fucking bitch about it. Granted, see, I, I like to play both sides sometimes where I said earlier about the guys, you know, having the whole, you know, bro mentality sometimes. I think, remember there was a book that came out a few years ago, maybe the mid-teen 2000s that was all about like the bitch gets the guy or there was this whole like vibe. Why men love bitches. That's it. Why men love mm-hmm. bitches. And there was even movies, you know, for a while that was all about the sassy um woman the sass independent woman the whatever you want to call it but the, the woman that takes no shit from no fucking man ever and i think that that ma- mindset has taken on to a lot of people and we see it honestly when you look at these celebrities like the kardashians and how mm. they have such a strong now i'm all for female empowerment all for a strong female figure but it also sends a message that at least for what I see, the little clips in real of re- the reality show on Twitter and TikTok or whatever, it very seems like there's no room for men to speak 
up the way that they want. They have to fit mm-hmm. a certain narrative. And if they don't, they're thrown to the side. And that's kind of like the message a lot of them send to the men that are, you're disposable, you're not important. Right. I am a queen. I am the I am I'm the master of everything. You need to kneel to me. That's kind of the attitude I get sometimes just looking at some of the clips I see from these reality shows. And it's not just that show, it's the housewife shows. It's all these shows that are that are constantly pumping out this message. You need to be a diva. You need to dominate the room the same way these alpha males do. It's almost the opposite of what the men are doing, but it's just, I feel it's just as damaging because it's so many people subscribe to that way of mind of thinking. I think you're right. I think a lot of this queen mentality is pushed back to the toxic masculinity and it's the reverse, right? It's, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm tired of, and I get it. Like, I totally get it. I'm tired of all this toxic masculinity crap. And it'd be really great if we can all just grow together and be better humans together. But I do feel like you're right. Like this push on the other side is now this whole queen mentality of like, I'm too good for you. And like the bitchiness that I see women presenting on like Tinder or dating sites. It's just like, you need to calm the fuck down. Life is so short. And if you are on there because you want to find a relationship, then you know, right then and there, he's probably not your guy. You don't have to be so rude about it. Just move on or unmatch them or something. But like, no need Why do you have to be such a bitch about it? Yeah. You know, it, I feel the same happens to a lot of gay men as well. Because when I was like coming up as a, I guess in my 20s, as I was dating and stuff, I had the influence on me because there wasn't many shows. There was maybe Noah's Ark, there was Queer Spoke, yada, yada, yada. But one of the popular shows was Sex in the City. And we all remember the archetypes from that show. They were all very extreme and they're like, you know, I guess whatever they um, thought of themselves as. Like, Carrie's very specific, Miranda, yada, yada, yada. And I think for mm-hmm. a lot of us gay men, whereas now they, like, um, look at the Kardashians and the other reality shows, back then we all looked at these scripted shows where these characters are over the top and extreme. And I'm not going to lie. In a lot of my relationships, I was that person. I was over the top. I was extreme. I was making scenes on the street that could have been in a television show. So I think a lot of times, because I, especially in America, because we don't really talk to our friends a lot, we do. We don't talk to our families a lot about certain deep, real issues. We kind of pull from television and media when it comes to dating mm-hmm. and how we act. And these are extreme, reality shows. Yeah. And these we are pull extreme reality characters. shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. A hundred percent. And yeah, you're yeah. right. We should be avoiding the extremes and really think about how we're treating the other person. We have to remember that when we get on Tinder or Bumble or whatever coffee meets big, whatever app you're on, there's a human on the other side of that. Yeah. You know, yes, you get to hide behind the screen. We're hiding behind the screen of Instagram or the screen of the computer or whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. But there is a human being on the other side of it. And it doesn't mean you don't get to show respect towards them just because you have this ability to kind of be blocked and, you know, not have to be face to face, like Mm -hmm. in the same room. 
yeah. you still have to show respect to people. We've yeah. really lost that. Absolutely, I think, completely agree. I don't know if this happens on Tinder, but some of my uh, friends tell me, well, friends, I use that very loosely because I don't have a lot of friends. <laughs> but anyway, um, blocking is like a big thing where it's not really mm-hmm. ghosting anymore. Where I mean, it's kind of the same thing where I, I would think ghosting, it's more of you have a deeper connection with the person and then you fucking disappear as if you just fell off the face of the earth. But another thing people do right away is they don't, they're not interested in you. Um, and, they're, and they're afraid to tell you, they just block you, hit block, 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 block. So then they don't have to have the conversation of why I don't like you. Because it's an uncomfortable conversation, just as it is sending these unsolicited messages, which it seems to be easier than having a conversation about actual attraction. Well, that's part of the problem is some people do have that conversation. They do say like, I'm not interested in you. And they say their piece and then they block. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, are you afraid of what they might say in return? I do hear women say that they are tired of men specifically um, trying to convince them otherwise. And mm-hmm. so if you are trying to tell someone like, hey, it was really nice chatting with you. I just don't think there's a connection there. If you're trying to say something like that and they're trying to convince you, then it's very possible you're not being very direct. You need to make sure that you're being super direct. And a lot of times, you know, men get confused when women dance around an issue. If they're like, hey, yeah, so I don't know. I just don't think I'm really feeling this. Is that direct? No. No, not really. So don't pull those like, well, maybe, possibly, perhaps, crap. Yeah. If yeah. you're not feeling it, just say I'm not feeling it. Yeah. Anyways, we're just spiraling down like a negative. No, but I, I, think sh- that's, I think that's important because I think too many of us are afraid to hurt people's feelings. And I get that. Oh, absolutely. Like, and I think indirectly that's where that bitchiness comes from or even that alpha mentality. I'm going to hurt you before you hurt me or... I'm going right. to write him off before he even gets a chance to get close to this. So it's like, it's the same thing where it's like, to me, it almost feels like it's just a defense mechanism. Like, it even is. these, these, yeah. It absolutely ahead. is. It is. It definitely is. It's not having learned how to communicate like an adult. Yeah. And I'm sorry, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to be rude or disrespectful to anyone who's watching this going, but I do that. I'm not. I can communicate like an adult. Yes, you can. My point is there's, you know, it's hard to learn how to have really healthy boundaries and Mm -hmm. how to express them so that it's not disrespectful to the person that you're speaking to. It's not easy. Like I teach this for a living and I'm still learning it. So like when I say that, I'm not trying to put anyone down because I'm still learning how to do that which means we all should be continuously learning how to do that. I want to bring up this other one that I found because we talked earlier about like the unwarranted sex, like that immediate go just dive right into the dick pic or talking about her boobs or whatever it is, right? This one cracks me up because he gave a statistic with it. And I love this statistic. So it's, want to play the shark game, right? So this is what he does. He messages her and says, hey, want to play the shark attack game? And she says, oh my God, ha ha ha, what is that? Yes. And he says, <laughs> I eat you and you scream. 
She responds with, ha, 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 that was a good one. Okay, now I absolutely want to play that. And he comments separately to those he shared this with, saying that he actually has about a 25% success rate using this. So one out of four women that he uses this with, it works. Well, I mean, it's a numbers thing. That's what it comes, when it comes to dating, when it comes to success in life, when it comes to like becoming the best at things, it's a numbers game. It's how many times you can do something. And honestly, you will get luck, but will it be a relationship that has a deep foundation? Probably not. I would love to know if he's actually been in a relationship with any of the women this has worked with. Or I doubt just it. opened a conversation or you never know, right? You just I, never know. I, you know, I, I will probably bet some money on it and say that I fucking doubt it. I, he's probably really, really good at like hooking them, giving them a really good time in the bedroom. But as soon as they get to know him, as soon as they see their root, his routine, they're like, nope, I'm leaving, getting out of here. Because if he's using that as a line opener, I can imagine there's other parts of his life that are not in line as well. So this is just I mean, not does one this area. Mean he's clever or that he's just being funny. It depends on how he recovers from this. If you go on a date with this guy and all the conversations are funny and you're having a funny time, then yeah, that was definitely him being funny. But if you go on a date with this guy and he's kind of like skeezy. mid, slightly skeezy, kind of like mm-hmm. nah, whatever, he's he's okay. He was definitely just use it as a line to get into your pants. I agree. I agree. I think it's his hook. I think it's how he gets you to just message him back. Mm -hmm. Right. Beyond the pictures. I agree. I think like his pictures are probably like good. I Mm -hmm. think he didn't put it up, but like it gets attention. Like if you message someone, if you got on Tinder tomorrow and your first message you got was want to play the shark attacking game and you were on the fence about him after you swiped right i'm gonna engage because i want to know what you're where you're going with this Mm -hmm. now the reaction after he says i eat you and you scream (laughs) i'm not not trying to encourage people to use this by the way he said he got this from someone else so by all means if you want to try this out um let us know if this works for you, but like, <laughs> what? Really? I mean, it's like the notion of sexual harassment. Is it sexual harassment if the person is hot? Oh, yes, that's so true. Like, yes, it doesn't matter what you look like, okay? If you put a bag over someone's head and they still say the same words, and you don't know what they look like, it's still sexual harassment. Yes, but is this but sexual harassment? The point that I was trying to make is like a line like that for it to have a 25% chance of working just means that it just takes the right person for it to work with. Kind of like sexual harassment. Like if a hot boss is like bothering you, you're probably not going to be as like, oh, get the fuck away from me. But ugly boss, for sure. The ugly boss may get luck. He may find people that, you know, that he can like intimidate. I'm not trying to like sell sexual harassment. What I'm trying to say, yeah, no, no, no. Let's not get it confused. Let's not get it it confused. What I'm trying to say is 
sometimes certain lines like that work just because it just takes the right person. That's mm-hmm. all. That's true. And I mean, like, like I said, who knows what, what he says afterwards, if afterwards he ended up saying like, I'm just kidding. It's just an attention getter and like tries mm-hmm. to backtrack it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, or if he just continues to go down the creep street with it, like who yeah. knows? But I mean, if you're a thing. sexually open person, I think you'd probably go down the creep street with it and probably set that date up, right? Well, I mean, like, if he, it depends on where he goes. So let's just hypothetically assume that she found it funny, he found it funny, and, like, their conversation moves into something more realistic, and they're getting to know each other, and that was just really his hook. That was his opener. Right. That's how he got her attention. Yeah. They have a similar sense of humor. Obviously. So he is technically weeding out the ones who aren't going to find him very funny. Now, I don't know how I would respond if someone sent me that afterwards, the whole I eat you and you scream. I, like, then you're not the funny. person that it will work for. Right. I mean, I personally would probably laugh because he doesn't say I eat you out and you scream. See the I difference? It just is, I eat you and you scream. I was still picturing him eating her out, though. Of course. It's suggestive. (laughs) That's the whole point of it. I get it now. (laughs) So, but also it would, it would, it would um, weed out someone that's kind of dumb, kind of like me in a way where it's like, what? What does that mean? (laughs) It's supposed to be a thousand percent. It's supposed to be suggestive. Obviously, we all know what he means when he says, I eat you and you scream. It's funny, but it's not as gross as somebody sending an you know, unsolicited dick pic, for example. Unless the dick is pretty. Or like the other one I read earlier about the whole like your tits comment. Mm. Like that's not that's just too aggressive. So there so, is a fine okay. line. So if you're on it, because it's very different for gay men. I mean, granted, there are a, a lot of gay men on these apps where they're like, do not send me dick pics. I am here to meet someone to potentially date. Like, I don't like unsolicited messages. Don't do it. Don't send it to me. I will block you. Granted. But it seems to me like a lot, it happens a lot more where people are sending these kind of pictures to one another on these apps when it comes to gay men. So for women and single women, you're basically saying it's never kind of okay to, like, whereas that is a funny, clever joke. Where is the line? Because, you know, people are getting canceled for jokes that they're making, thinking that they're being clever, but then the joke goes over the person said, and that's where that 25% comes in again. So it's like, do you continue to make these jokes knowing that it may work 25% of the time? Or do you mature yourself and, I don't know, say, you know, I'm going to start a conversation like an adult and try to hook her with my personality versus a sexual innuendo like what should you do but i'm assuming this is his personality Mm -hmm. right this is his personality to be um to toe the line probably is something that he enjoys to do or like um being funny and being clever 
So yeah, if you're staying, if you're using this, like if any of the guys watching this is going to go use this to try it out, but it's not in line with their personality already, it's going to come off really creepy, really creepy. But if you are kind of like a jokester type personality, super laid back and like, just like to have fun. And it's really obvious that this is just a joke. It's going to take some time for her to get to know you to see that. But then it's just, it's clever because you'll, you'll be able to figure out how to make it land and how to recover from it. If she's like, Ew, that's gross. I can't believe you sent that. The Mm -hmm. guy who can use this will be able to say like, I'm so sorry. It was this really bad joke. I saw it somewhere else. I just tried to see if I can get it to land, but, Mm -hmm. and then turn the conversation into something serious. Like, so, you know, tell me something about yourself, whatever it is. Right. But, but isn't like, that shift kind of bad, though, in a way? You don't really want to shift like that if you're just meeting someone and you immediately do something to offend them. I'm going to say maybe you really shouldn't go any further with that connection. It really, You really shouldn't be apologizing for your personality right out the gate. So I think that's probably a first red flag that you should not know. You shouldn't have to explain it. yourself. Yeah, just own it and be like, hey, it was a joke. You didn't like it best luck on your future date. I wouldn't even pursue that person any further than that conversation. If that's their immediate reaction to it. And this is my true personality. Right. Well, this is the problem with dating. Let me rephrase that. This is the problem with online dating, because when you're dating and you're getting to know someone face to face in person and you get to meet them and see if there's chemistry, it's a little different because if someone said this to you, right, if they pulled this shark joke on you, in person, you met them at a bar, at a coffee shop, whatever it was, and they said it to you, you could see their body language. You could see the laugh. You could immediately recover from it mm-hmm. because you can see what the other person does. There's a reaction, mm-hmm. right? It's this hard to true. do on a dating site like Tinder yeah. because mm-hmm. you don't know what the reaction is because you can't see it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you're taking a chance. It's it's risky for sure. It's I'm always not saying that you should I'm I'm not suggesting to our watchers or listeners to do this. <laughs> just I mean if it's if it has a twenty-five percent chance of working and you're the kind of guy that likes to joke and you have a high sex drive, why not? <laughs> right. I feel like on the flip side, people might say, but do we really want to teach men to continue to put sex first? I don't know. I, it's just depends yeah. on your personality. It's funny you say that because as I get older, certain urges become more important than other urges. Like there's, it's probably okay. I, I can't, I can, I can't speak for all men, but sometimes there's like two things you kind of want: money kind of and money. So you can do things and consistent sex. Everything else is kind of just whatever because you know you know life mm. has certain things that you're going to do no matter what. You're gonna you're gonna have a job. You're gonna probably have a, a partner if you want that. Maybe you'll have kids. Maybe you want. But there's two things that kind of make life just slightly better. Money because then you can like entertain your hobbies. You can you know mm. pursue your passions and stuff. And then sex because. 
if you don't feel like somebody wants to fuck you every day, life becomes very, very boring. And honestly, I think that's why there's a lot of bitter people rock, walking in the streets every day because there's not enough sex happening. There's not enough, you know, connecting where, you know, those endorphins are being released and you come and you feel good about it. Because after sex, you do feel kind of sort of confident unless it's one of those weird sex things where, I don't know, but... um. Yeah, sex and money. I think those two things are very, it just makes everything less stressful because we're all dealing with existential angst, you know? We're all dealing with, uh, am I making the right decisions? So those are two things that kind of make life less stressful. I mean, the third could be drugs and stuff, but we're not getting into that. (laughs) No, I'm I'm, going to, you know, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to agree with that. Like money and sex, if I had those both very regularly, like money coming in, I mean, I was regular, like, I'm not talking like a paycheck. I'm talking like, you know, whatever your comfort level is for money and like mm-hmm. regular sex. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't need much else. Yeah. Cause it puts your mind at ease. Like all we're seeking every day, I feel like, is just to put our mind at ease. So when these guys are sending these weird, unsolicited sex messages, or they're just trying to feel some kind of connection that just makes it feel less like they're alone on this little small marble in the universe that someone out there mm-hmm. wants to touch them. They're like, okay, I've been married for seven years, but there are laws in my relationship where things aren't as active. And let me tell you, it, it fucks with my mind a little because I'm like, okay, am I not sexy anymore? Do I not have value? Am I not giving value to this earth? Am I not giving value to my husband? Am I not giving value to this? Am I boring in bed? You know, all these questions start to happen happen when those two things are kind of out of sync so i think for a lot of men that's important and that's what they lead with because that's what's important right i i agree i'm gonna move this conversation on to another one because yes we're not back in season two talking about sex are we we're talking about dates and speaking of dates let me read this one to you because i'm curious what your thoughts are she actually sends the first message and says, hey, do you like raisins? He responds, no, but I love dates. She responds with, ha, 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 damn it, you beat me. And then he responds with, only when you're bad, with the little angel emoji. Oh. So it's, they took a cheesy line and he kind of like threw it back at her. Now, is this cute or is this, I personally think dad jokes and puns are fantastic ways to like start conversations with people. I have this thing now where I send my husband little puns I find online. It's like little riddles and stuff. I'll send the question and then I wait for him to respond before I give the answer. And hopefully he's laughing when he see, when he t- sends me the text. <laughs> but um I think that's a cute, innocent way without it being a sexual innuendo, but just showing the person that you're fun and you're, you you know, you want to make them laugh because we all want to laugh. I think that's but a did you see what happened? Did you, like, I know you guys can't see it and I'm a visual person if you're anything like me. So I had to like see it to really get it. She starts with that whole like cheesy pickup line. Do you like raisins? Do you like dates? Want to go on one? Right? That's that's the line. If anyone that's isn't cool. aware of this, right? He beat her to it because he knew it. 
he knew where she was going with it. So he just beat her to it. And she says, you beat me. And then he came back with only when you're bad. Like, so I it feel like started, these two are kind of. They would be fun together. They would, they would be the couple so. that like go to concerts if they worked out. They would be the couple that go to <laughs> concerts together, throw parties together. They're the, the, the lively couple. Because if they're already like that, that's the first initial conversation. At least there's some powerful sexual chemistry too because it took an innocent joke and turned it sexual by the end of it. And it sounds like they might be into BDSM lightly. I mean, to be fair, I'm not going to assume any of that based on these like two exchanges. However, you know, it makes me realize that emojis speak, emojis are your body language, right? When we talk about good communication, what does it take to have really good communication? It's what comes out of your mouth, right? What you say, Mm -hmm. But it's also your body language and then also how you listen. Now, for this, when you're talking about Tinder and you are having an exchange on Tinder, what you come, what comes out of your mouth, what you say is what you type. The emojis you use are your body language. This is the only way for you to actually show body language when you're texting. And so he does use the little angel emoji. Mm-hmm. You know, the little guy with yeah, the little yeah, halo little, thing. Yeah. yeah. Right. Which I feel like lightens up his otherwise Approach. he could have been, yeah, seen yeah. perverted, like, ugh, gross. Another guy going there, right? I feel like as an introvert sometimes, I don't seem introverted on this show, which is understandable. I get it. But emojis is a great way because I have a weird way of talking. I don't know. I'm assuming that it's weird. Um, I don't think that I'm alone with this. I'm not the best text communicator. Like I'm better in person because I'm more expressive. But when it comes to putting all of that shit into a text, it comes out choppy. So a lot of Mm -hmm. times people read it as a little stoic, a little, a a little like just, you know, just just threw me to the side with that comment. It's not really that. It's just, you know, I'm trying to like condense everything I'm thinking into one sentence and then I send it to you. And usually the emoji is what helps because if I say something that could be slightly seen as sassy, but then send a little angel, they know I'm just being funny because right. exactly, it's open to the interpretation of how that other person is feeling and what mood they're in. Because you can't hear tone. Yeah. There's no tone on a text message. Emojis yeah. are so important when you're texting, especially if you're on Tinder or Bumble or whatever. And yeah. you've never met the person. You can't hear the tone. You know, if you text me now, I hear your tone when you mm-hmm. say things. So, like, I, I don't need an emoji from you, you know, or a really good friend or a family member, whomever, like, even a coworker. But, like, you've never met this person. If you're meeting on mm-hmm. Tinder and you're messaging each other, you don't know even what their voice sounds like. So you don't mm-hmm. know where their intonation is when they mm-hmm. speak right? Their rhythm of speaking, you have Mm -hmm. no clue, you're guessing. So emojis help you to kind of hear it and Mm -hmm. to see it. Yeah. Use your emojis. You know, modern dating is kind of great, but I do remember the time where there was like chat lines where you had to only go off the voice of people. And there was a period where people put on fake voices. Like it was called the New Jersey Raven and you call in and a guy would be like, let me, 
a guy will be on there like, yo, 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 what's up? It's your boy here heading down to town, Newark. I'm trying to get somebody to come through and suck some dick. And then you meet them and it's like a totally different person. It's like more of a proper guy with a proper way of speak. I'm not saying that that's improper, but you know, he doesn't sound like that. Like he doesn't have a deep voice, none of that shit. At least that was weird back then. So it's interesting how now we have to use emojis because we can't hear people's voice. We're going off there like, weird ass pictures that they put up thinking that's gonna get someone so yeah i digress i digress oh my god yeah i mean it's just i mean tinder is difficult online dating is difficult it's stressful it's a lot of work it's like having a part-time job and it's frustrating and the burnout is real because you know you spend all this time trying to get to know someone you swipe you match you are trying to curate the perfect thing to say to them to get their attention you know like we mentioned earlier the hook and then it's very possible that you don't get a first date with them either they don't ask or you don't ask and it's you know trying to figure out like should I ask or should they ask? Who should bring it up? Should we call it a hangout and meet? Or should I actually call it a first date? And what should I suggest we do? Do I suggest coffee and a day date? Or do I go straight for like drinks or dinner and have an evening date? Like the confusion around it and people really not knowing what to say, not knowing what to ask has really become very stressful for a lot of people and it dating should be fun dating should be a fun adventure that you're having with another person in front of you right so whether or not you're going to become a, a relationship in a first date should just be a really fun, interesting experience to meet another person and see if there's potential for intimacy. That's the whole point of dating. So That's, I think I mean, we just put too much pressure on it. I think so too. It's really nice that you say that, but when you think about the society that we live in and how much pressure mm -hmm. is placed on, especially straight people, to have to get coupled up and have kids like ASAP. I mean, what do you do with that when the society is telling you once you hit 30, what's happening? Why aren't you with someone? Why aren't you on your second kid? Why don't you have a house? Why don't you have a car? Why don't you have a job? Like a really nice job. It's like people are, are right. asking these questions all the freaking time as a single person. Even as a gay couple now, I'm not gonna lie to you. It's weird when people ask my husband that. Oh, when are you guys gonna have kids? I'm like, kids? Uh, We're gay. Like, I'm <laughs> not saying that gay people can't have kids because, you know, you can still want to have kids. You have to want to have kids. You know, I think that the advantage that straight people do have is, you know, a lot of times kids are born unexpectedly. That doesn't happen with a gay couple. You have to right. want to have kids. In you're order not to, unless, accidentally getting knocked up. Yeah, you're not, <laughs> yeah, there's not no accidental, no accidental pregnancies in our realm. So right. that being said, it's not that weird pressure to like hurry up and get coupled up. But it seems like for straight people, oh my God, there's constant pressure to hurry up, get married, and pop out some kids. Granted, they say the population is starting to go down, and maybe that's why. I don't know. But 
But still, I think it's just habit from the previous generation. You know, if you think about baby boomers, baby boomers, that was kind of just the norm, right? You, maybe you go to school, maybe you don't go to school as in college, but you get married, you have a family, you provide for that family, you retire and you become a grandparent. Like that was what was expected. And so you have that mentality and that way of life being passed down mm-hmm. from generation to generation. So obviously now we're kind of moving away from that expectation, but it's difficult because society, I think, has to catch up with us still to understand yeah. that, you know what, not everyone wants to get married and wants to settle down in the traditional sense that society mm-hmm. has taught us for generations. Now mm-hmm. we want to have careers and we don't want to have children or we want to have long-term relationships without marriage. Mm-hmm. we get to make up our own rules as long as you know, you're not harming anyone in the process and your partner and you both agree mm-hmm. with how you live your life. Who cares? Yeah. And I think that's what's grandparents the message. Care. They care. Yeah. Cause they want their name to be carried on. Like sometimes I, I feel a little, not, I don't feel bad, but I mean, my family line, at least for my dad stops with me, unless my sister has kids. Cause I'm not having any kids. I don't, I don't have any kids. Um, she wants to have kids, but my dad's name, I mean, I changed my name once I got married. So it's like, you know, I can see why your grandparents would want you to have kids. Cause it's like, basically it almost feels as if you lived for no reason. And I think that's a great thing about having kids. You know, you know, your name goes on, your bloodline goes on, your your spirit technically goes on. So there is some like ego behind that, you know, in a way you don't want to be forgotten slightly. But you can live for a purpose. You can have yes. purpose. Maybe mm-hmm. it's to give back to your community. Maybe it's to be a positive influence in the world. There's other ways to give back besides procreating. And I'm not against procreating because, you know, I would love to have kids. And Mm -hmm. if that means, like, for me, it's going to be an adoption situation. They don't have to be blood. Mm -hmm. I can teach someone something, you know. I got into this business of being a coach and being a matchmaker because I wanted to give back. Obviously, like I don't do it for free (laughs) because rent's expensive. But the point is, like, I chose this field because I wanted to help people be better versions of themselves. I wanted to particularly help men learn how to have more confidence and how to talk to women and how to, you know, be a positive influence when it comes to their relationships. That's what I'm giving back. Am I, you know, having kids to give back and passing on like my father's name? Obviously not, because if I get married, I'm taking his name, whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. So like, that's not how I'm giving back to this world. I'm giving back in a very different way. Yeah, and I think we all give back in in a very different way. That's why if we can figure out who we are and what we want and and kind of like cut out all the extra noise and stop being passive about what we really want, we have a better chance of connecting with people that can give us what we want. But if we don't even know what the fuck we want, how can we get someone that can give it to us? I guess that's why they say you should love yourself. You can't love anyone else until you love yourself. And that's kind of true. If you don't know what makes you happy, if you don't even know what makes you come, I mean, you kind of do. 
But if you don't even know what makes you um, tick as a person, what what your love language is, which we've been talking about this season so far, if you don't know what that is, you're basically like a ship with no compass. You know, you're just out right, there. Right, right. Just figuring it the fuck out as big. But really, if you just pay attention to yourself, you don't have to put the puzzles together, the puzzle together. You can just be more intuitive and just think of what makes you happy and lead with that. And you don't have to start with creepy ass lines on a dating site. You don't have to have weird ass photos of you holding up a dead fish to prove that you're a man. You don't have to have pictures of filters, like basically changing your face so you think that it can get you the guy that you want. We don't need to do all of that. Uh, we can just no, be ourselves. No, no, oh my no whiskers. I have so many female <laughs> friends where there's not one picture on their timeline of how they actually fucking look. It is all Bambi pictures. I'm like, you're actually really pissed. But I would love to know from our listeners and our viewers some of their nightmares that they've been through with dating. Whether it's Tinder, whether it's just first date nightmares, I feel like that should be a whole other episode because mm -hmm. first date versus like what you're experiencing on an app are so different so often. So yeah, absolutely. I think this was a really great conversation to be having right now with how dating apps are kind of just blowing up. Everyone's trying to create a dating app. People uh, don't know how to meet other people. And a lot of people want to get off of dating apps, which is why matchmaking is such a great way to like finally just say, fuck you dating apps, I'm done with you. You know, honestly, if I was a single person, I would go with the matchmaker only because you have an objective person who is matching you based on what they think. Because I think we, we, have, we wear blinders a lot of the times, so we don't really see what really makes us tick and what really makes mm -hmm. us happy in relationships. So if you have a, um, a dating, a, a, a matchmaker, I feel like they know exactly, I mean, they're taking what you're saying, but they're also really listening to what you're saying, just like what you do. And I see that on certain shows where it is a matchmaker, the show's about a matchmaker, like, yeah, they're taking what the person wants, because, you know, I think this person really needs this. And mashing with that person usually is a person that they would have not have picked for themselves. And it ends up being a success story. So it's like, mm -hmm. while Tinder is a thing, and if you're good at navigating it, if you're a confident person, if you're not using bait and switch, if you're not using bait fish and all that stuff, it might work for you. But if you are like a regular down-to-earth person who may deal with a little bit of anxiety, who may right. not know exactly how to um, break the ice. Navigate dating in general. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah. I agree. Um, so yeah, with that said, you know, you have to lean into your strengths when it comes to dating. And if online dating apps are stressing you out, then yes, leaning towards a matchmaker might be a better option. But yes, as a reminder, a matchmaker is obviously the elite option when it comes mm -hmm. to dating. And if you don't have that kind of financial situation to where you can invest in a matchmaker, then, you know, try and do your best on dating apps. What sucks is that, you know, a lot of us in this industry are putting up reels or YouTube videos or TikToks about it, but it's such generalized information 
that while, yeah, we might say don't do this or don't do that, it's generalized. It might work for you. And if it's the type of person, you know, like we talked earlier about the fish pitchers. And I know we've talked about in other episodes, like guys who are holding a fish in their profile picture. For most women, it does not work because it screams toxic masculinity or it screams you're not the type of person that I want to be with. But it's generalized information. So if you are the type of person where you're like, yeah, I want the woman that is down to go fishing with me. She is out there. I had plenty of women reach out to say that they would be that person. They wouldn't mind going fishing. And I myself, as a child, used to love to go fishing. Like Mm -hmm. I learned how to fish with my dad and my brother and all my friends. So like, yes, she's out there. I'm not saying this is a blanketed statement. So just for our listeners to understand like anything that we, any advice that we're giving and we're talking about, we are talking based on, well, me personally, I'm basing it on research and statistics and they're very generalized. We're talking 51% or more. So make sure that you are trusting your gut, leaning into who you are and being your most authentic self and then you will find the right partner for you. Yes, I agree. 110 percent. Well, this has been a great said, conversation for my our drop. Tinder nightmares. <laughs> yeah. I mean, let's make dating less of a nightmare and more of a dream. But it could be a dream, yes. right? I think it should be a dream. It should be fun. Not like this exhausting experience that you're just trying to rush through as much as possible. Absolutely. Mm. With that said, thanks to everyone who is watching us and contributing. We appreciate you. Yes, thank you. Well, that's a wrap on today's episode, but it's certainly not a wrap on us. Check out my website, datesmartersexier.com, where you can get your copy of my book, sign up for dating courses, or join the matchmaking community. We appreciate you listening to this episode. Please like and follow us on your favorite podcast streaming site. And if you'd like to get involved, shoot us an email at datesmarterpodcast at gmail.com. Whether you'd like to be a guest or simply want your question answered, we are here to help. And remember, all of our questions remain anonymous. Until next time, keep dating smarter. Thank you for listening to this episode of Date Smarter Sexier. If you'd like more information on how you can be more successful with love and dating or to schedule a free consultation with me, your dating coach and matchmaker, please visit datesmartersexier.com and please subscribe to this show at your favorite podcast streaming platform.